Announcement. The revolution will not be televised. I repeat, the hemp revolution will not be televised. Welcome to the Hemp Revolution Podcast, the global hotspot for the buzz and the cannabis. Hear the secrets of the green rush from the dreamers who are writing the rules, innovating business, and changing history forever. Immerse yourself with the fascinating stories from the leaders in the hemp health revolution to learn how we are changing the game. Now here's your hosts, James Brinkerhoff and Sonia Gomez. What's up, guys? Sony Gomez coming to you from Denver, Colorado. Super excited to be here on another rock star episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast, where we are sharing and telling the real story of the cannabis industry from the eyes of the entrepreneurs and innovators who are pushing us forward. If you are a person looking for products that you can depend on to deliver the results you're looking for, check us out at medicalsecrets.com for some of our favorite picks. And if you are a budding entrepreneur or business owner looking to break through the glass ceilings, avoid any of the many pitfalls or cracking through the brick walls that this industry presents. Have no fear. We are here. Check us out at theemeraldcircle.com. We are happy to help get you connected to the resources and relationships you need for merchant processing, manufacturing, stable supply chain, fulfillment, compliance, and any of the other things that you could possibly need to succeed. As you know, it is our mission to empower you with the truth about cannabis and hemp so that you can make empowered, educated decisions about how you want to care for yourself, the people that you love, and the conditions that you may be suffering from. No opinion is better than the incredible people who are fighting the good fight every single day so that you have safe and legal access to this remarkable plant medicine. Um, I will say that it is a combination of multiple things that will help you ultimately achieve the balance that you're looking for. And no one knows better than our guest today, Ms. Shauna Levy, who is the CEO of Buy Ministry. Buy Ministry is an experiential lifestyle brand with the mission of shifting the perceptions around cannabis and becoming the global epicenter and culture authority in a world where cannabis is integrated into everyday life. The flagship property will open in Toronto in 2020 alongside multiple pre-opening experiences and properties. She also has plans to expand across North America over the next five years. As the CEO of Bioministry, Shauna is determined to elevate perceptions and uh, normalize the conversation and cannabis culture. She's working with the government and leading the charge to legalize consumption lounges in Canada. She's a passionate advocate. Um, for creating sophisticated cannabis experiences that are seamlessly integrated into everyday life. Shauna is respected as a Canadian culture visionary who, is, um, who in her former roles, including being the president and CEO of Design Exchange or DX, helped establish Toronto as an internationally recognized hub for design excellence, innovation, and creativity. Here to bring her skill sets and knowledge of the industry and to tell a little story about how she is creating change through cannabis in in Canada, help me welcome my good friend Shauna Levy. What's going on, Shauna? How's it going? 
Wow. Now that's an intro. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You are welcome. It's uh, not difficult to make you look and feel fabulous because you are my dear. Why don't you quick and dirty? I know, I know what I, what I love about you, but why don't you share a little bit about who you are, what your background is and how you got in the can of boom with our audience. Mm -hmm. You may not know as much about how incredible you are. Oh, thank you. That's very kind. Um, so I, my, my background is primarily in the design world, uh, not as a designer per se, but more as someone who promoted and marketed design and really helped to establish Toronto as a destination for design. Um, my first project or my first business was uh, I co-founded uh, an event called the Interior Design Show or IDS, which is North America's largest design fair. Uh, now owned by one of the largest exhibition, the largest exhibition producers in the world. Um, and so we created this event where people had an opportunity to see what was new in the market. It was at a time when uh, design was just becoming a household word and people were starting to uh, decorate design their homes, the beginning of uh, people watching, uh, you know, decor TV shows, decor magazines coming out. And so we created this unprecedented event for people to actually have access to that product directly as opposed to having to be wealthy and go through uh, designers and architects. So democratizing the world of design. And um, and we built that up and and it was a a very exciting uh, experience and uh, exciting to see how it impacted the city. And I recall the days of going to the Milan Fair, which is the most important design fair in the calendar year and walking into these huge, you know, 100,000 square foot uh, booths and, you know, trying to not only sell the show to these global uh, furniture manufacturers, but just, just sell Toronto. I mean, nobody even knew where Toronto was. And so it was really a, a, a struggle in a sense, but it was, it was very rewarding because now Toronto is seen as one of the major design centers. From there, um, I was approached by Design Exchange, which is Canada's, um, was Canada's design museum. And I was brought on to give it a public space. And uh, I really enjoy building things and, and creating moments for the public to uh, become excited, inspired, uh, learn new things. And so that was an exciting opportunity for me to be able to talk about design, not just in terms of luxury, but also in terms of how it can make your day better overall. Because when you think about it, from the moment you wake up, from you know your toothbrush to the moment you go to bed, um, every item that you've used or, you know, whether it's uh, a bicycle or a bus or a vehicle or your notebook or, your, you know, your eye gadget, everything has been designed by someone. And so to be able to tell that story was quite exciting. And I had the opportunity to work with Pharrell Williams who guest curated a show for us called This Is Not a Toy that was all about urban vinyl designer toys. So that was a really exciting moment. And what that show did really was blend what you would call, um, you know, high culture or highbrow culture with what some people might call lowbrow culture. Personally, I don't differentiate. And that was really what the show was all about is how street art or street design is very much the same as can be the same as, as high design. And certainly we're seeing that now uh, in fashion in terms of the merging of uh, streetwear and street fashion with, with high fashion. Um, someone like Virgil Abloh, for example, really has brought those two worlds together in a really seamless, beautiful way. Um, and the prices that his running shoes go, you know, in the, in the aftermarkets are definitely a testament to that too. 
And so um, I also brought in the Christian Louboutin exhibition, of course, you know, the Red Soled Shoe, we were the only museum in North America that brought it in. And then one of my most exciting moments for me was uh, working with the United Nations. Uh, looking at how design can make the world a better place. And so we centered the event around the sustainable development goals and looked at issues around health and um, education and food uh, and how we are designing cities and homes um, in light of uh, making the world a better place and accessible for all people. So if I look through, if I look back and I look at my, my journey, to me it was always about making things accessible to a broader market. It was always about democratizing. It was always about building something. It was always about putting Toronto on a platform. And so when one of my former board directors, Lauren Gertner, um, from the Design Exchange approached me to come join him um, to work in the cannabis world and create this cultural lifestyle uh, moment for the cannabis world, to me, it, it made total sense. And Lauren comes from, you know, has been in the cannabis world for uh, many, many years. He was one of the very first uh, people to be in Canada to be investing in cannabis, had one of the very first medical grow licenses. He co-founded uh, Tokyo Smoke, which is uh, a very significant brand in the cannabis space that was purchased by Canopy. And so I knew I was joining someone who had um, the knowledge that, that I might not have had at that moment. I knew what I was bringing to the table, but it was really important that the person that I was coming to work with had the cannabis knowledge. And um, as a result, in the last year and a bit, I've learned a, a tremendous amount from him and from the other people on my team and who I work with. So that's how I came to this moment. Um, did you want me to talk about ministry now or <laughs> do you have another question in the interim? Girl, <laughs> I have talking. gotten so many questions. First of all, like, yeah. congratulations and how amazing are you my spirit animal like everything <laughs> I love I love design I love fashion I I was in the beauty industry for like 10 years before oh, cool. uh, like that was what I used to that's what I did all the time with the Paul mm. Mitchell organization I did makeup and hair and I was the African American mm. hair care specialist so design cool. and aesthetics and experience and you know creating ways for people to interact in a community's culture, um, mm -hmm. how they look and feel and what their mm -hmm. you know, environment looks like and feels like and what, how that contributes to their overall experience and memory. I'm like yep. all yep. about that. So I love the work. I'm yep. super, I'm super aware of the work that you did in, in um, Toronto, which is so, so cool. Pharrell Williams is like, um, somebody that I really, really admire for how he's bridging cultures. He actually mm. um, discovered one of my favorite artists, Maggie Rogers. Um, mm. And so I just, I love, I love all names mentioned and the work that you guys do. <laughs> so that's incredible. Um, I, I do, I definitely want to ask you about, um, about your business, but I, I think before we get into your business, you, you know, there mm -hmm. was a specific, uh, there was a specific problem that you guys wanted to solve and there, and knowing that you guys are in this industry, whether you're in Canada, we, we were, you know, heavy participators in the legalization up there. Um, and throughout the country as well, many, many trials and tribulations, many restrictions, mm -hmm. many, many things that could prevent somebody yep. like yourself and in, into um, being successful or making the kind of impact, let alone income that you need or want to make so that you can continue mm -hmm. to do incredible work in the world and enjoy your 
enjoy your life mm-hmm. before starting um, your company or whilst starting the company, what were some of the biggest roadblocks that you guys came across and what was the specific problem that you wanted to solve when you started by ministry? So, I mean, I was fortunate in that, um, Lauren, when I, when Lauren approached me, he had already raised, um, significant or sufficient revenue or money to be able to launch it. Um, it was at the time, it was right after he had sold Tokyo Smoke and it was still at the time when the industry was, was quite strong and the market was quite strong. Uh, so the challenges that people are facing now in terms of raising funds, weren't we didn't have those challenges then those challenges though i know i'm fully aware exist now um what what was challenging and what remains challenging is um and we talk about this every day is you know how incredible it was that canada was you know the first out i mean other than uruguay of course to to legalize but yet at the same time it's been so clunky and um, it was almost like we're going to pass this through. It's going to help us win the election. People want it, but then, but then there wasn't enough thought given to how to how to roll it out. And I think that there was, you know, not everyone agrees with me, but I think that there was also a really a fairly myopic view of what the cannabis industry is or what it can be. And um, meaning, what I mean by that is that. There are people who have been cannabis users for many, many years. Um, but then there's a whole a whole community of people or a whole psychographic of people who've never used cannabis. And not just because it wasn't legal, but just because maybe they don't want to smoke or they, you know, they have a different idea of how they want to live their day. And so for us, it's really about getting those people. How do we communicate with those people and to communicate with those people we need we need to be able to do certain things like be able to market and brand product like be able to have edibles that are really delicious and made with organic ingredients and and are beautifully made like uh being able to have a space that's really beautifully designed and be able to serve beautiful food i mean there are all these things that we need to do or be able to buy really amazing, um, effective, you know, anti-aging skincare or topicals and so forth for various other um, health conditions that we just simply can't sell in this market yet. And, you know, coming from the design world, I mean, brand and design is so important to me. And there's nothing like walking into a, into a really well-designed shop or going onto a great website and seeing beautiful packaging. I mean, your, your, your battle is half done right there if your packaging is beautiful. And so we can't do that in the cannabis world. So, so we have to be in Canada. So we have to be very, very creative about how we get our message across and how we communicate with people. So that definitely is a challenge that existed then continues to be a challenge now and from what even a conversation i learned in a conversation this morning a challenge that might not be easily solved um in the very near future either so so that to me is is definitely one of the biggest challenges out there yeah i would have to agree i think that it's still really difficult you know the the consumer doesn't know what they don't know and the business owners 
it, the, the business owner is moving so fast. And this is a lot of why we moved our brick and mortar business into the online forum, because we recognized that how companies were innovating um, mm-hmm. were, was far faster than how the consumer was absorbing the information or, you know, mm-hmm. ultimately being overwhelmed by their options. And I think, uh, I think, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> I was just going to say, I think, um, I think that it's so super important that companies like just take a moment to stop and think about who are they serving and what problem are they solving and how do they craft right. their message, their mission, their packaging, right. And the conversation that they're having with their community, how do you how do you craft all of that stuff to be cohesive um, in look and feel and messaging um, so that your marketing is ultimately effective in capturing and connecting with the customer base that you want to serve? And I think so many folks were just anxious to get something out there that they skipped right over the thought process on like, who are we serving and what problem are we solving? What's mm-hmm. our demographic, right? Like you're not going to sell bohemian, um, you know, pillows to somebody who likes some clean modern design. You know what I mean? Like the, it's just yeah. going to be a crossover. So um, I'd love to hear from, from your perspective when putting together by ministry what were what was some of the thought process that you guys put in, and why did you go for lifestyle, um, you know, integrative um, sort of brand culture rather than you know creating products or services that would solve quote unquote pain? So I wouldn't say the two are mutually exclusive. Um, I would say that they do they do overlap, and I'll explain that in a minute. But I think that the challenge with the existing retail. Uh, landscape in Canada is that what I think happened, and to your point, what I think happened was um, growers went out and our producers went out and said, people just want, people want to get high. They want the highest THC they can get as opposed to saying, well, you know, there's this demographic or psychographic of people out there. They don't want to get super stone they just want to feel good or they, they have anxiety so they want to be relaxed or you know this is a woman who just worked a you know 12 hour day has to come home and like make dinner for her kids and deal with all kinds of other issues with her with her parents and god knows what else and just wants to you know relax and doesn't want a glass of wine because she doesn't want what it's doing doesn't want to screw around with her liver doesn't want to screw around with her weight she wants but she wants to settle down and just have a nice quiet evening there isn't really a lot for that person out there in the legal market in the, you know, currently. And so, and so that to me is a big challenge. And so when we, when we started to look at, uh, by ministry for us, it was really about, um, that, you know, your, your life shouldn't have to change to accommodate cannabis or cannabis should accommodate your lifestyle. So just like in any other consumer packaged good product, if you go out to any product, like whether it's clothing or I don't know perfume, you're going to find a range of product that appeals to different psychographics and different and different interests. And it's the same thing in cannabis. We're seeing we're seeing the differentiation of the market. We're seeing the 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 growth and the evolution of the market. So it's not just about buying a bag of, of flour, but it's about all kinds of other delivery systems, whether it's edibles or topicals and so forth. And so we felt that on-site consumption was something that we wanted to really um, dig our heels into because we felt that was an opportunity to um, to create an experience around cannabis. And when people think about on-site consumption, they think about 
you know, the limited experience they've had, which is generally Amsterdam coffee shops. And which to me, again, is not really my thing. I mean, I, I get it. And maybe if I'm in Amsterdam, like I'll go just for fun, but it wouldn't be a place that I'd hang out at all the time. And so if I wanted a place where I could consume cannabis on site, I'd want a place, a space that was designed by a great architect. I'd want food by one of the best chefs. I'd want mixologists making cannabis drinks that are award-winning mixologists. I'd want great music. I'd want the kind of vibe that I look for in a restaurant or in a retail environment or in, in another type of experience. And so, and we know that the retail market is going in the way of experience. We know it isn't just about buying product. We know it's about offering experience. So if we're going to sell a product, we should really have an experience there and an experience that speaks to a psychographic whose needs are not currently being met in the cannabis market. And so by ministry at its core is really an on-site consumption brand, which when legal will be opening uh, on-site consumption lounges. But in the interim, we're taking a bit of a Trojan horse approach where we're really honing in on um, you know, adaptogens and superfoods and health and wellness. And so uh, the focus really for us is um, cannabis to us is really just like another adaptogen or a philosophy rather is really like cannabis is like any other adaptogen with superfood qualities. So if you're going to put some spirulina or chaga or lion's mane in your smoothie in the morning, why wouldn't you put a little bit of CBD or, or THC in it to give yourself a boost or the chill or whatever effect it is that you're hoping to, you're hoping to have. And so, um, and so that's really the concept is that we're starting with this, you know, plant forward kind of approach. Um, we're opening up a matcha bar at the end of the month here in Toronto. It has, it's a very speakeasy kind of approach in a laneway behind a building designed like high, high, high design um, uh, and serving a whole range of infused uh, smoothies and, and lattes and pastries and so forth, but not infused with cannabis, but infused with different types of adaptogens and superfoods. One day, we hope that we'll be able to infuse with cannabis, but right now, uh, it's not legal. I am so excited. Like, I cannot tell you, I completely share your sentiment around, you know, seeing and hearing of all of these like dodgy sort of consumption lounges. or like when I see it or research it on the internet or I'm invited to go and I actually take them up on the invitation, I get there and I'm like, I have not been in a place like this since I was fucking 16 years old right. running away right. from Mexico. Right. Like somebody right. get me out of here. If, if one right. more person offers me a cheap goddamn martini, I'm going to go. Like right. I have got to go. Right. So... <laughs> <laughs> I love the, I, I, like, I would love to be able, to, one of two experiences that I'm looking for in a consumption lounge. Daytime is like, um, I want to be able to go in, have a great cup of coffee or a tea or a matcha or a mm. boba or like a boba mm -hmm. tea, have a co cozy place to like have a business meeting, be able to vapor smoke or, you know, or have my array of things that I'd like to get while I'm there and enjoy and sit and stay a while, you know, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. in the evening time though, I want to have like my posh dress with my sequin jacket, my great pair mm -hmm. of shoes and a handbag that somebody's like, Oh my God, you're back is so cute and my hair is on fleek <laughs> and I'm like 
you know, ready, single, ready to mingle type vibe. You know what I mean? Like just great energy, great music, not too overbearing, chill and a good environment to like meet a group of girlfriends who are sophisticated and can have a great drink and enjoy some cannabis too, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that's, that's really the idea is creating this kind of experience that is unprecedented and approachable, but you know, and you alluded earlier to, you know, is there religious context to the or background to the name ministry? And it's really, it's more about we're hoping to be the, the the source for education or your guide through the cannabis world. And so, um, a trusted a trusted friend or a trusted resource in terms of experimenting and, and trying new things in cannabis. And um, you know, we will will. And again, I mean, we're looking at it from the edibles perspective, from the beverage perspective. I mean, it's it's really looking at new delivery systems versus um, smoking, for example. Um, yeah. And anyway, and so far, it's been it's been an exciting journey, and and the response has been really supportive. And this weekend, we're actually launching a series of we're launching our culinary division. So we'll be offering uh, cooking classes and cooking workshops and chef talks. And we've hired um, the chef from a, a chain here called the Drake, which is Drake Properties, which is a pretty famous um, chain of hotels and. Uh, very boutique high design hotels and restaurants. And so he's joined our team to develop our culinary program. And so um, he'll be leading those, those, uh, the cooking lab and the cooking courses. And then we're also doing uh, infused uh, catering. And so we're launching a series of infused dinners this weekend. So um, we're, we're opening ourselves up to the world in, in, in only a couple of days. <laughs> so exciting moments. Oh my gosh, so much to celebrate. I can't wait to get my invitation in the mail for the grand <laughs> opening. Sorry, not sorry for the shameless plug. <laughs> uh, of course you're on the list. <laughs> I need to be on that list, okay? Like I'm okay. coming. I'm coming cameras and toes. It's gonna be so fabulous. Congratulations. Cool. I'm so excited. Thank you. Um are you Thank guys you. gonna be doing like uh event educational events? Um, there where you have like mini speakers or creating like a meetup hub for folks. Talk to me a little bit about how you're going to pull in the community to your. So, so we've brought on board, um, uh, 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 sorry, a nutritionist, um, as well as, um, a cannabis chef who, I mean, Ted is, is working in cannabis as well, but someone else is working in cannabis cooking for a long time. And we're partnering with a bunch of other, uh, businesses in town, so yoga and meditation centers and other businesses that have a health and wellness focus. And we're curating a series of workshops that will happen on a monthly basis throughout the city. Um, until we have our main larger location, we'll be doing them in a pop-up format with different partners, but eventually they'll all be taking place in one location. But again, the idea is really, and as I was saying earlier, uh, education is really the big piece here. Um, you know, I recently did a, um, I was invited to a ladies lunch before the holidays as a fundraiser. And, um, I gave away, um, I, I had, I, I had a friend anyway, long story, but I gave away these candies that were infused and with CBD and they were beautifully crafted, beautifully made, uh, chocolates, um, that were CBD infused. And, um, 
And after I left, I, I had to leave early and I said to one of the women, so what happened? Like, was, like did, did, these, did the ladies take them or were they like tons left behind? Because I wasn't sure how they would respond. And she said, oh my God, Shauna, they, people couldn't get enough. Everyone was trying to steal everybody else's. So, so I think that there's like this like hunger for product and hunger for knowledge about cannabis, especially um, I would say for like the 45 plus uh, demographic um, because they just don't know what's out there. They don't know how it'll impact them. And, you know, for everybody it's different. And, and as we know, for the same person on two different days, the, the effects can be different. So a lot of education is required. And so we feel that that's a very important piece of, of, of what we'll, what we should be offering. Amazing. Well, it sounds like there's just so many different ways that we can, you know, continuously work together. This is, these are the exact type of things and as far as how the industry is innovating on a global scale um, that, that I love to highlight because cannabis is truly becoming a mainstream conversation. And for me, it's important that we have informed conversations and are providing education that allows the everyday Joe uh, to, you know, have an empowered, educated, informed conversation so that, you know, cannabis starts to starts to um, remove itself from the stigma that has plagued mm. our industry and this plant medicine for so many generations. Um, and we really move into the future with, you know, accuracy and fact-based um, yeah. education that's not so stark and cold that it's only designed for medical people, but that we yeah. really have like an everyday conversation that makes us feel confident and comfortable to view and use cannabis um, as a part of our, you know, recreation or light or healthy lifestyle and maintenance, um, as well as, you know, as an effective management tool for symptoms associated with any of these chronic illnesses or ailments. Um, yeah. And I mean, they also, I mean, it's all the research is showing that the big opportunity for cannabis is, is, is actually in the middle of medical and recreational. It's actually in that health and wellness space. And so that's where I, that's where my frustration lies because in terms of government legislation in Canada, that health and wellness piece is not being addressed. Because right now, currently, if, if you have a medical prescription, then you can order your cannabis online, um, which is fine. But if you want to take it for, you know, if you get anxiety or headaches or premenstrual cramps, or you want to take it for any of those things, it's not really quite medical, but it is health and wellness. But what are you doing? You're going into a dispensary and talking to a bud tender about your menstrual cramps? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Freaking 25 years old and exactly. diamonds. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't make sense. Like the model, like that's what I was saying earlier about this sort of myopic view of what cannabis is. I don't think that people are understanding the huge opportunity that cannabis actually has and that it isn't just about getting stoned and high. And while, yes, there is a market for that and yes, there is interest in that and, and there's a place for that that isn't the only opportunity for it. And so my hope is that things will change fast so that we can get access to those kinds of products and um, in a, you know, a lot easier than we currently are. 
Amazing. What, um, what do, what is your higher mission? Like the, when, you know, creating the business, recognizing the opportunity, integrating the things that you love, um, into a new and exciting industry, all incredible. What is the higher purpose or higher mission for you and your partners to accomplish that when you look back in 12 months or when you look back in three years, you can say, wow, we've really made some headway and I'm so excited that we're well on our way to accomplishing this. Well, I think it is, as I was saying earlier, it's about normalization, destigmatization, it's understanding that, um, that there is this whole other world that, that cannabis is is helpful for that there's a need for it uh that it isn't just about you know um seth rogan and his bong on whatever movie that was <laughs> you know i mean there's, there's more to it than that and that um you know topicals you know beauty products i mean there's so many things that um you know like you know there's so many things that that it can help with and that i'm hoping that all of that will become normalized and, and much more easily accessible than it currently is. That to me, I mean, the day that, that, that those types of products are accessible, I'll feel like I have done a good job at helping to redesign and redefine what the industry is and, and, and really be able to help people on a much broader scale. Amazing. I love that. Um, Another question that I had for you is being a woman business owner in this space, and this is a lot of my focus. I think that women are a, are a minority in the industry, and we're certainly um, still earning our respect as far as being, um, you know, partnered or higher level in the executive teams. For you as a women entrepreneur in the cannabis industry and in this incredible. Um, you know, innovative time that we are list that we are, you know, at the very cusp of the wave or the very front of the wave right now still. Um, what as a woman do you hope to represent or inspire in other women who could be standing by and looking to integrate their skill sets or participate in the growth um, of a brand or as in the industry as a whole? So I would say that Unfortunately, cannabis isn't unique in that way. I mean, women are still battling for seats set around the table, around the boardroom table in, in most industries. And the, the reason we're seeing it in cannabis is because so many people came from the finance world and that industry is so heavily dominated by men. And the access to capital is so, so much more dominated by men. Uh, than, than, than there are opportunities for women. And so um, that, unfortunately, is still continuing. Um, my hope is just that, you know, women, women will continue to, to accept the challenge and, and fight for what, they, for what they want, regardless of the industry. I, I was very fortunate in my career in that um, I was never really subjected to the challenges of working in male-dominated uh, offices or industries because I worked in female-dominated industries, being in culture or design. And this is my first time, actually, where I'm in boardrooms and in meetings, and I'm the only woman at the table. And and you have to lean in. I mean, <laughs> Sheryl Sandberg wasn't wrong about that. You, you have to lean in, and you have to say what you want to say, and you have to speak your mind. And, and you can't uh, defer... You just got to do it. You got to just take a deep breath and just fucking do it. 
Yes, girl. You hear that, ladies? Just fucking do it. (laughs) (laughs) Grow a pair and get out there. (laughs) Well, you know what? At the end of the day, at the end of the day, who's going to do it for you? Like, yes, I understand a mentorship and, you know, and certainly, I mean, I've spent a lot of time with other women and and talking to other younger women about, about their careers and trying to help them navigate whatever obstacles they were they were being confronted with but at the end of the day you just have to do it I mean my first job um when I was 17 years old I um my father told me I had to get a job because I wanted to make long distance phone calls to my boyfriend in California <laughs> and in those days long distance calls were expensive and so he said, if you want to use, exactly he said if you wanted to use the phone you better go find a job and I was like damn and so I went and I ironically got a job doing phone surveys and um and I called up people and say hi is this the woman of the house and would ask her questions about you know feminine protection products and so I heard the word no over and over and over again people hanging up on me saying all kinds of rude shit but you know what it was the best one of the best lessons I ever had because it taught me to grow a thick skin it taught me not to be afraid it taught me to pick up the phone and it just taught me to push it taught me to be able to walk into a hundred thousand square foot booth in the middle of Milan and speak my mind. It taught me how to, you know, push for money for, for culture in front of uh, government politicians. It taught me how to go up to socialites at cocktail parties and, and ask them for their time. It taught me how to raise money. It taught me all of those things. So at the end of the day, uh, you have to just push yourself. You have to just do it. Such great words of wisdom. I was actually going to ask you, what are your words of wisdom for, for <laughs> us ladies? But you just you just dished it out on a silver platter. If folks want to follow you in your journey and what you're doing and when you're doing it mm-hmm. or potentially buy a mm-hmm. ticket to any of these incredible um, events or venues that you are opening, um, where mm-hmm. can they find you and how can they be a part of what you're doing? Mm-hmm. So they can follow us on Instagram at uh, by ministry. They can follow, uh, which is the same handle on Twitter. And then um, for me personally, on Twitter, I'm uh, Shauna Levy. And on Instagram, I'm Shauna Levy 18. Amazing. For those of you guys who are tuning <laughs> in, I know that that rocked your socks and I'm over here wet on my, we got a snail trail happening because I'm like all about, I'm so about this stuff and I never get to talk about like fashion and lifestyle and beauty and like all of the things that make the world go round. Don't even think twice that you don't look in the mirror a minimum of six times on your way out the door and when your friends come over, you're not self-conscious about your fucking baby stained couch. So, um, I love that you're that you're bringing the elegance um, and eloquence that you know uh, high society has to a mainstream um, industry and really helping to bridge the gap between you know the sophistication and um, the excitement that cannabis brings. So I'm super excited to watch and celebrate the success. Um, as I mentioned before really excited i'll be checking the mail daily for my invitation Mm -hmm. Um, and i think you guys are just going to do so incredible and i'm really excited to start to see some of the u.s locations opening up in denver new york la and all of the uh, chicago and all of the other cool places that there are to visit here what are some final words that you have to share with us before we end today's interview 
Oh my! Uh, final words. I, I was I was hoping you were going to ask me about what what I what I'm most excited about reading these days, <laughs> and I was just going to say that um, the one thing I'll I guess I'll leave it with is a podcast that many out there are probably familiar with as well. Another one that that is a good one to listen to as well is um, NPR is how I built this. And that's all interviews with CEOs and how CEOs from a whole range of industries have um, built their companies. And what I what I love about that is being able to take their learnings and then look at and analyze about how how to adapt those learnings to the cannabis industry. So um, one of my favorites is actually Soul Cycle. So I I recommend everyone go and listen to the founders of Soul Cycle because there's a lot of really great learnings, even little small things that you think are insignificant that actually can make or break a business. So I would say, you know, it's great to hear about what other people are doing and um, I'm excited to be in the industry and I really appreciate you giving me this time because it's been fun. And if it weren't for people like you, um, people wouldn't really know as much as they do know. And, and the industry really needs people like you. So, so thank you for what you do. Thank you for what you do. I am, you guys make my <laughs> job easy. This is like my favorite thing. And, and I absolutely love that podcast. And there's a few others that I listen to all the time. So definitely go and check that out. All of the social media handles and websites mentioned are also going to be posted here around this interview and in the blog, along with show notes, tweetables, um, and all of the other uh, show highlights that we mentioned from today. So make sure that you check that out. And for those of you who are tuning in, I just want to express my gratitude to you guys for being a part of this incredible community and reminding you that because you have liked and shared content like this with your friends and family and community, we've been able to impact hundreds of millions of people's lives with our content and education. So I encourage you now to go ahead and like and share. Make sure that you tag five people that you know are going to receive benefit from hearing interviews like this and getting in touch with folks like ourselves. This is is truly our mission to help empower you with the truth about cannabis and hemp so that you can make educated decisions about how you're participating in the growth of the industry, how you are selecting and using products to care for yourself, the people that you love, conditions you may be suffering from or otherwise caring for this beautiful gift of life that we all get to enjoy. If you're someone looking for products or education on on um, the brands and products that are available in the marketplace, check us out at medicalsecrets.com for some of our favorite picks. And if you're a budding entrepreneur or established business looking to break through the glass ceilings and brick walls, check us out at theemeraldcircle.com. We are happy to help. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Sonia Gomez, and this is The Hemp Revolution. We'll see you on our next show, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode. We took notes on this episode for you, along with all the links and resources mentioned in the episode. Get them free on the show notes page here at www.medicalsecrets.com. If you love this show and our content, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you really want to help us get the message out there, please rate, review, and tell all your friends. With your help, we can continue to reach the world with our message. And until next time, we hope you join the hemp revolution. And we challenge you to dream big and love the life you live.